It is Friday, October 27th, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude, Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well. And you know what? Thursday night game didn't suck, Bobby. Yeah, it wasn't bad. And I th- I thought the Bills, I know it wasn't a perfect game for them, but I think they played how they should play to be the best version of themselves. And it was nice to see them do that on primetime instead of them, you know, I mean, their last primetime games was, you know, versus the Giants and versus the Jets, where you kind of saw the worst version of of that offense. Yeah. Uh, Before we get to the question at hand, and it will start with Josh Allen and the Bills, my God, Baker Mayfield's Hail Mary was as good a throw as you could have in that situation. First of all, there were like five pass interference flags, and then Chris Godwin got spun around like a top, and the ball was right. You never see a pass like that where it just hits the ground. Oh no! It was elite, like, uh, like timing it up by Baker Mayfield. But he he bought so much time to get the perfect pass, got it right in the spot of the end zone you wanted, and Godwin's just like I don't understand how Godwin wasn't turned around. Like there was plenty of enough time to get down there and get turned around. Yeah, have you ever had either had the Giants hit on a hail mary to like win something? Or had them lose one. I remember they lost. They had one to go against them against the Packers at the end. Twice. Of the half. So that that playoff year, twenty sixteen, they uh, at the end of the half. But that game was probably they were going to lose anyways. Right. Hakeem Nix though in the two thousand um two thousand eleven run half like should have kicked a field goal right. And they're like, fuck it, let's throw the ball to Hakeem Nix with his twenty five inch hands, and he pulled it down. So I've had two of them as a Browns fan. One was during the cardiac kids run their amazing 1980 season where the Browns were really good for the first time in my lifetime. And um, they were playing the Vikings. And if they won the game up outside, outside in the freezing cold in Minnesota, they were going to win the, the division and make the playoffs. And they were up by maybe four or five. And Tommy Kramer against us throws it up. Ball gets tipped by Tom Darden. And Ahmad Rashad catches it for the game-winning score. And I was like, oh, my God. Ahmad Rashad, wow. Yes, Bobby Moore. And I was like, we're not going to make the playoffs. And they did. They won at Cincinnati the next week and made the playoffs. The other time was the Browns' reincarnated first win in the 99 season. They were like 0-7 or 0-8. And And Tim Couch threw a Hail Mary, and Kevin Johnson caught it down in New Orleans. And it was our first win back as a franchise. Tim Couch, I, I was I was a big Tim Couch guy. My one of my best friends was a Browns fan, mm. um, and I remember that Kelly Holcomb playoff game. Sean O'Hara, our our mutual right there, was yes. was on that team. Yes, he was. Um, that was a that was a fun year for them. All right, so let's actually get to the question at hand. This isn't all about hail mary talk, although we could spend all day talking. About early two thousand Cleveland Browns. The, the the Bills they kicked off Week Eight with their twenty four eighteen win over Tampa. Josh Allen, really, really good game. Uh, more than 350 yards passing, a couple of TD passes, ran for another. My question is, has Buffalo given Allen enough to make sure he doesn't have to carry the entire load for a deep playoff run? Yes, but he has to. Like, just He's kind of the kid you got to be like, hey, dial it back, dial it back. Because, And I think this is on Ken Dorsey a little bit too, that, like, that offense is always going to be good. But there's times where they get too over-reliant on Stephon Diggs, where it's like it's the Stephon Diggs show. You know, I can go back to that Giants game. Stephon Diggs had like 19 targets. The rest of the players had 16. And there was examples of plays where like Khalil Shakir is wide open. It's 
a two-man route, essentially. And Stefan Diggs is triple-teamed, and Diggs just throws it at his feet instead of throwing to a wide-open Khalil Shakir. So they're not, like, the best weapons in the world, but you have Gabe Davis. You can, like, create some big plays um, mm. down the field. Khalil Shakir, I think, is an ascending slot receiver. And then Dalton Kincaid, you invited a first-round pick in him. Uh, we finally saw him get a little more production last night. This is the way that Allen has to play. This is when he is at his best, when he is not forcing the ball to Stefan Diggs. And part of me thinks that it is because of Diggs' personality and the run-ins in the past that they want to always keep him happy. But them at their best is not forcing the ball to Stefan Diggs down in, down out. Yeah, it's interesting. So if you were to rank his skill position players with some of the other elite quarterbacks in this league, it's a better group overall than what Patrick Mahomes is dealing with, I think. Right? I mean, Travis yeah, Kelsey. Is- yeah, because, I mean, you have Kincaid, who's like an ascending player, and, and Stefan Diggs. Obviously, Kelsey's better at what he does than what Diggs is at his, but Diggs is top of the league um, at first, as receivers go. Gabe Davis is one of uh, probably a top half t- uh, wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. And they've got and they've got a, a like a handful of guys who like can you can put out there and not feel horrible about either. Am I but, is it wrong for me to think that the Dawson Knox injury could actually benefit not only Dalton Kincaid, but Josh Allen? Because I think Kincaid is dynamic. I really, really dig him. I think he's a good player. Yeah, I, I loved Kincaid. I remember we did our way too early draft preview for him the year before. And I was like, I think this guy can get in the first round, and he did. Um yeah, I mean, they they have to use Kincaid. At first, there was an idea that he was going to be like the Cole Beasley replacement, and Bill's uh, Bill's Mafia called him Swole Beasley because that's kind of what they need is like that chain mover on those third and shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's so much more than that where you can tackle all three levels of the field with him. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that you're right. It's just making sure that Josh Allen – Josh Allen feels like it's going to have to be a guy that's constantly coached in order to make sure that he is making all the right decisions. Like some guys, you trust them implicitly. And with Josh Allen, that just isn't the way it goes. Like you have to remind him 18 times a day. Like you don't have kids yet. When you have kids, you have to remind them. Like I got a senior in high school. Don't forget your freaking, you know, canteen at school again. And then like every third week he forgets it. You're like, really? Like, do I have to keep doing this? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do have to do it. And so we have to remind Josh Allen, it's okay to, you don't have to always throw the ball to 14. There's other guys. Yeah. And I think that's on Dorsey too, um, where it's like, they're just, they're just building in progressions for like, just digs, digs, digs. And, and Allen, because it were it, it does work, right? It's just, it's not, Allen is at his best when he's getting the ball out to the slot receiver, you know, creating some explosive with Gabe Davis or whoever else. Uh, I know this is a silly question to be asking a guy who um, is wearing his 1976 hair special that hasn't changed for decades. But does doesn't does Ken Dorsey not own a brush? Like he's his hair is all over the place. What are we doing? Don't don't disrespect Ken Dorsey, Miami legend. He did the cribs uh, video at Miami. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a big I want I really wanted Ken Dorsey to come along with Dable. Um, and when I wanted Jason Garrett fired more than I wanted my own like personal success in life, Ken Dorsey was the guy I, I've always wanted. Um, ah. So I'm I'm a big Ken Dorsey guy. All right, let's move on. Uh, one of the more interesting. Did you games... ever see me with the long hair? No. I'll have to text you a picture. I used to have oh, hair please. like down to here. Oh yeah, the full mole. 
a mullet? It was, it was it, well, no, it was just long hair. It wasn't even a a mullet. Was, I can, I maybe, I'll, like I'll send a picture to Mikey and maybe he can get it up on the screen. You've got a very Drago look to you today. Yeah. Oh, when I cut my hair short, it is Drago. Like, yeah. Um, I must break you. He dies, he dies. <laughs> Brock Purdy, a limited participant in Thursday's practice. We don't know about Fridays yet. That's uh, based on when we are taping this thing. But he was in concussion protocol. He is trending toward playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. If not, it's going to be Sam Darnold. Now, is it possible with all the Niners injuries, the Bengals are in better shape overall, big picture, than the Niners? No. I, I know the 49ers have had a rough go the past couple of weeks, but I still do think they are the best team in the NFL. Mm. And I think this game, this is, you know, maybe the game that people are watching the most this week. And what the Bengals have been able to do somewhat successfully is what the 49ers are going to eat a lot, where they rush the passer. They have a unit that they rotate guys. And they're also, they are like, if you're going to work quick game, which the Bengals are going to do, they are going to drive on it. Like you have Fred Warner, who's a, you know, like one the best coverage linebacker or just best linebacker in the game. You know, Hufanga, who's always kind of over the, all over the field looking to make plays. Um, I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be a really bad game for the Cincinnati Bengals offense. Do you really? Well, they haven't really hit their stride at all, even though they've won three of their last four. Offensively, it still feels like, I mean, they did, some nice things against Arizona, but let's be honest, that's a bottom four team in this league. So we're still kind of waiting for that. They've been winning in part because of their defense, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Louis and Aroma, and, and they're not like a great defense either. Um, their run defense has been like, I think it's ranked 30th in, in the NFL. So they're really bad. Um, I really think this is a game where the 49ers get back on track, regardless of Brock Purdy or Darnold playing. Mm. Um, not this like now they couldn't consistently do what they do with Darnold, but here here's some uh, stats. Last year for the Panthers, who threw the deep ball at the highest rate in the NFL last year? Sam Darnold, who completed deep passes at the highest rate in the NFL last year. Sam Darnold. Now it was only a five six game sample size, and the Panthers were so run heavy, right? That it was just kind of like, all right, when we do throw, we want to take some shots. Um. But that's kind of what the 49ers can do versus this Bengals defense that cannot stop the run. Like, run the ball, get in some play action, let Darnold take his shots here and there. Um, and then defensively, I think this 49ers defense is going to have a day versus Cincinnati. Obviously, we don't wish poor health on anybody. So I hope that Brock Purdy can play. Is there a little bit of you that wants to see Sam Darnold? Well, yeah. Well, isn't – I mean, part – Purdy went into the concussion protocol after the game. It wasn't like one of these times where like they right. they're they're overzealous in the game. Like I I'm surprised that he's going to play. Like I think this year, I, it may have changed. But I remember like after like five weeks or something, it was no one who went in the concussion protocol played the next week. Like mm -hmm. maybe that's changed since then. Um, but I, I wouldn't play him. Right. Well, he started showing symptoms on the flight home. Yeah, and that's like that's when it's like again it's basically Tuesday morning. Yeah, that's like they, the guys can be overzealous in game. Like I remember Daniel Jones and the Cowboys a couple of years ago where he got knocked and he was kind of stumbling and their doctors were like, it's kind of a balance issue. And someone told me within the teams, like he's not really concussed, but he went a concussion protocol wobbling like that. We're going to hold him out for the hmm. actually. No, he played the next game. My bad. Um, but he when he left the game, they couldn't put him back in the game, even though he did clear all signs. But at, like you said, after the game, um, 
Like he should, he should not be playing. Well, but actually, you know what? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know shit. No, no, no. It's, it, we're not going to get into head injuries. That's not what we do. But I, I was just asking as a football guy where you hear, you know, when we didn't know if Brock Purdy was going to be ready for the season, you were like, oh, Sam Darnold, he could shine in a Kyle Shanahan offense. I don't know. I suppose there's a little bit. He's now in year six, Sam Darnold. He's no, now on team three. You wonder if he's going to be anything other than a bounce around quarterback ever again. Yeah, I mean that's what he he's he's destined to be a, a backup QB for a long time. I mean they let go of Lance because they didn't they didn't they like Donald more than Lance, um, right? And we've seen that 49ers offense be able to plug some QBs in here and there. Like yep. it's Purdy is the guy who can you could give it to consistently, but you can like we've seen Nick Mullins fill in for a couple games and look pretty good. So um, I I would I would like I actually so yes I would like to see Donald a little bit in that 49ers offense. Well, no matter who's taking snaps, I will say this. Uh, Bengals can't stop the run. We know that. But they've done a pretty good job stopping quarterbacks um, of different talent levels. Geno, no touchdowns allowed. They picked them off twice. They sacked them four times. Dobbs, sub-50% completion percentage. I know, Josh, I get it. I know why you're yelling at me, everybody. Uh, he was picked off twice. He was sacked three times. And then Matthew Stafford was sacked a half dozen times and picked off twice. So the Cincinnati defense has been pretty good. Uh, at least against the pass lately. All right. Um, one of only two games matching winning teams got four and two Cleveland at four and two Seattle. One, both, or neither are deep playoff run candidates. Sorry, I got to, I just got the news that DJ's out for Sunday, but we knew that. Um, I know the the Browns made me look bad last week against the Colts, even though they did get a win. You know. Mm-hmm. You know that's what good. That's what great teams do. Even when it's ugly, they get a win. Um, I'm not giving up. Like I really do believe in this Browns defense, despite the, them having that bad game. They're still number one in all those categories we talked about. It, it's just the quarterback situation, man. Like PJ Walker to me is really bad. Here's my question: as as a Brown, why does PJ Walker only have five carries for four yards in two games? I don't know. How's that for an answer? I also don't know the answer to this question. Why were they so quick to go past DTR? Like, he was put in a very difficult situation, right? He didn't find out until the morning of the Ravens game that he was starting. And then he's going against what now, through six or seven weeks, looks like a pretty damn good defense in Baltimore. So why wouldn't you, if you believed in him enough to trade Josh Dobbs, give him another crack at this? Devise a game plan. Let him get a whole week of practice. The whole bit. Yeah, because PJ like PJ Walker is very very bad, um, and he's been that way for some time. And if you're not going to use him in the run game, it's uh, it's really bad. Um, yeah, I mean they like you said they got rid of Dobbs for this guy, right? They didn't get rid of him for PJ Walker. PJ Walker wasn't even on the rosters on the Bears, I believe. Right. They got rid of him for DTR. Give a put a little bit of faith in the in the guy because I don't think it's going to be much worse than um PJ Walker. But anytime you end up saying that, it, the guy comes in and he's worse. Yeah. And PJ Walker's credit in the last two games, he has led game winning drives against the Niners and the Colts. So, but with all that being said, listen, if the if Deshaun Watson comes back and plays like he did against Tennessee, then yes, the answer is yes, that team can make a run in addition to just getting into the playoffs. With that defense, they can make a little bit of a run. There's no question, even without Nick Chubb. 
Seattle's an interesting team to me, Bobby. Um, Geno Smith has not played nearly as well as he did a season ago, but they've now got a three receiver set that is a top five in the league, in my opinion, between Metcalf, Lockett, and Smith and Jigba. Kenneth Walker III is a strong, powerful, speedy enough runner. They play a ton of two tight end formations. If they could ever get the same offensive line out there and let them gel and be decent, that's the question. That offense can do something. I really like their defense. I really like their defense. It's gotten a lot better because remember the first three weeks, it's like all the passing yards they gave up. Um, they're giving up they like the first three weeks they gave up 329 passing yards per game, right? And it wasn't just like because guys are throwing like 7.7 yards per attempt. The last three games is 178 yards per game and 5.2 mm-hmm. yards per attempt. Um, despite guys completing more passes. So the Tariq Woolen was out those first three games. You get Devin Witherspoon too. So those guys have made a huge difference. Um, so that defense is getting way better like you said the off even when the guys get healthy on the offensive line the interior is not great i know they got olu uh olu Atami out of michigan a rookie maybe he can add some stability there um yeah they just they just have not looked like very they just like you said they haven't looked the same as they had in past years on offense and i think that interior is going to give them issues for gino who moves around a little bit but he's not the most mobile qb so yeah. i just don't see them as a deep run team like I think they're they're in that battle with Dallas and Detroit for the third team in the NFC, but I see the Eagles and 49ers like well above um well above them. Yeah. I mean, listen, if they I don't think they're gonna be the 49ers out in the NFC West. So that means that the at best they'll be the five seed, right? If the, the wild card situation and then means they're gonna end up being on the road for a while. But I do think that that defense is going to continue to get better and better. I think the secondary is really strong. They play a lot of three safeties, um, you know, a lot of big nickel. Their two interior linebackers are great, right? Jordan Brooks has turned into a tackling machine next to Bobby Wagner. They just picked up Frank Clark to help with their pass rush um, because they lost in Wosu for the entire season. So they're an interesting squad. Uh, I think that they can win certainly a playoff game. If they end up being the five seed, whoever wins the NFC South is going to be in trouble, in my opinion. And then if they have to go to Philly or San Francisco next, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the way I view them, too. Um, also, this is the DK Metcalf versus Jim Schwartz. Remember they had beef like uh, DK's rookie year because Jim Schwartz said he's like no Megatron or something like that. Oh, man. I'll have to go back and look at that one. DK went for like 10 catches for 100. Not like against, I wrote it down. DK so went for Schwartz's, 10 for 177 in that game. Against Schwartz's Philly D? Yeah. Yeah, it was with the Eagles. Wow. That was when DK was really... Because DK was the ultimate... Like It was funny. The draft thing on DK was like, big dude, so fast. And people were like, you know what? We got to stop just drafting these guys who are big and fast. They have to be good route runners. And the league said, hey, if the league finally corrected on just drafting big and fast, and they're like, okay, we're not drafting DK in the first two rounds. And then DK is fucking awesome. So, and then, so then it brings you back. Okay, let's start drafting just the big and fast guys again. Don't you remember? He was in tears. He was in tears when he, he twice we saw him in tears at the combine because he did so well and he crushed it. And, you know, that, that can be a, an emotional time for guys. And then he's sitting there and we're like, why is he still on the board at the end of the second round? 
Everyone said that was a shitty wide receiver class, and I just agreed so much. You had Terry McLaurin, which I don't know why he went to the third round. You had A.J. Brown, who fell to the second round. Um, and then, obviously, D.K. Hollywood Brown was was the first round pick. I think he was the only was, first rounder in that in that class. Was D.J. Moore in that draft? Wasn't he in that class? I don't think so. I think he might have been the year before. You think he was 2018? Wait, when did Metcalf get drafted? 2020? 2019. Uh, 2019. Yeah, I think that that they might be in the same class. Yeah, Moore was twenty eighteen. He was. Gosh, I can't believe it. Time flies. What is up, baseball fans? The playoffs are here, and it's time to get in on the action. We've got we've teamed up with DraftKings, and they are bring, bringing all new customers an offer that you can take advantage of right now. New customers who can bet five dollars will get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings app now. And use my promo code football today. Mike, you said you said Phillies last time I asked you. Who do you got in the World Series? Where we ha- this is before game one. Well, that was clearly a bad take. The Phillies were hot. I mean, I think I gotta go with the hot offense of the Rangers at this point. Creed. Creed is powering them through. That's right. New customers uh, who bet just five dollars on any wager will receive two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Stay in on the action and use your $200 in bonus bets on DraftKings parlays. Combine multiple bets together for a shot at an even bigger payout. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, don't worry. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy and have the shot to win cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code FOOTBALL today. Bet just $5 on any wager and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code FOOTBALL today. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did. All right, now we get to an interesting area. The Titans are taking on the Falcons. There's no Ryan Tannehill for Tennessee in this one. So they've got their two young quarterbacks. One they spent a third-round pick on two years ago in Malik Willis. And they've got a guy they spent a second-round pick on in Will Levis. We think Levis is going to start, but they're going to not necessarily alternate. They're both going to get time. Mike Brabel and a local reporter in Nashville had a very interesting back and forth regarding this situation. Let me ask you a question. On the two quarterback thing, that be against a really good defense, we have to run the football, whoever plays quarterback. Okay. Whether that that's right. series, or that be like one guy's a starter. Or one no, guy's we'll, we'll figure out the game plan as we work through the week. Um, you know, we may run the plays in with them. Um, it could be by series. Could be every you know, two series. Could have certain things that we like. And we'll see where. You know. All right. So, how interested are you in this whole thing? Well, I'm just interested because I love seeing quarterbacks make their debuts. Obviously, we see Malik Willis, but I want to see what Will Levis looks like. But they're that is typical coach just being like, just say Will Levis is the starter. We know everyone knows Will Levis is going to play. Trying to gain, like I'm sure Malik Willis will come out there for five plays, run some read option, and. And he'll technically be right, but there's no way they're going to do a two QB system. Which, by the way, my first ever like time seeing a two QB two QB system as a football fan was the Tennessee Volunteers with Eric Ainge and Brett Schaefer. So it brought back some memories. Ah, Eric Ainge, nice one. Um, it's fascinating because I think they've done this franchise a disservice a little bit. Like you don't pick quarterbacks in consecutive drafts with high value picks unless you're all over the board, like I, I know it's two different regimes. So I'll give, I'll give him a pass. Right. Um, who's it? Rand Carthon. That's now in charge there. Right? Yeah. From the 49ers or right. Cardinals. 
Well, the 49ers are card. Anyways, no, he, yeah, went, he Cardinal. came from he came from San Francisco. Okay. And then the guy went from Tennessee to Arizona. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Will Levis, there were people who thought he was going to be a high first round pick, and he wasn't. So I don't know how good he is, right? When he was at Kentucky and then he wasn't putting up great numbers, everybody said, well, it was because he doesn't have any offensive line. All those guys moved on to the NFL and he doesn't have any talent around him. And so people were rip, ripping on him for that. So I, I guess I'm kind of curious to see how it goes. Yeah, I don't expect them to be alternating plays. This isn't like being Paul Brown's changing of the guard back in the 50s. Yeah, I mean, they have, like, Will Levis has an NFL arm. He's flashed like NFL film at Kentucky, right? But there's also been a lot of bad. And even the year before when they were under Liam Cohen, that's their offensive coordinator who I really like. Like his numbers were good, but like you watched him and you're like, this doesn't look like cop at the first round quarterback, right? Unless you're just banking on the arm talent. But, um, but I am very, I am very intrigued to see him play, right? Like this is the Titans offense that has, you know, like a nice little system at least, right? Even though they don't have much talent outside of Derrick Henry, Hopkins is, is still okay. But I think this will be, it'll be interesting to see him get his first run because we kind of know what Malik Willis is at this point. Um, and even then, if he, if he is going to be good, you need another year for him to grow. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what Will Will Levis looks like. Well, we know what the Titans at least thought of him last year when they had basically must-win games. They called Josh Dobbs off of the Lions practice squad and was like, how quickly can you get down here? Josh he Dobbs, dude. He is the ultimate, like, hey, we're going to get you now. We're going to trade for you, and now you are a starter right away. He is the human band-aid. Like, in a week and a half, he was starting games for the Tennessee Titans when they had to win. It was a winner. It's a win in your end game in that, in, the, in that. And they almost won. They almost won. If he'd hung on to the football, lost a foot, lost a fumble. That was tough. All right. So let's, let's finish this up with the Titans who will be wearing their throwback jerseys. And you're like, well, throwback jerseys. Okay. Well, they've only been around 25 years. So I'm trying to remember what the Titans old jerseys look like. They're going to be the old Houston Oilers jerseys, the city from which they moved. 26 years ago. You okay with that? A hundred percent. One, the uniforms are sick. Um, Two, as a New Jersey Nets fan who stuck along for the move to Brooklyn, right? I know it's a much closer look. They just started doing when the like throwbacks to the New Jersey days for a while. They just really did not look back at that at all with their uniforms. Um, and it was made me very appreciative as a fan who stuck through the city change. Um, I know it's not the same because New York and New Jersey are viewed as one. It's not close to the same. But 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 for the Oilers fans who did stick around and like you know what this is the franchise I've been rooting for. It, I know it makes them feel happy to have that history. I I couldn't believe it when I saw that they they announced it this past summer that they were doing it. I was like, this has got to be it's got to be one of those spoof social media channels or something that's putting this out because this can't possibly be real and sure enough here's Tannehill and Derrick Henry in the love you blue I mean I grew up going against that because back in the old days the Browns and the Oilers were back in the AFC North together the old AFC Central I should say is what it was called back then and they used to fight it out and Jerry Glanville and Bum Phillips were the coaches and all that sort of it's just I think it's weird like People are going to wonder when the Ravens are going to wear brown and orange in a game. Well, that's that's a little. Di- I, they're both, but they're similar color schemes. 
Come on, Bobby. You're not going to win this one with me. Can't believe that you're you're cutting them slack. The jerseys are great. The oiler, the freaking oiler on the side of the helmet is unbelievable. They used to wear an old blue one back in their AFL days. That was the um, the oil tower. Earl Campbell, was, dude, my favorite running, maybe my favorite running back of all time. I mean, he was great. I, if you could have seen him live, he was. No, I, I've obviously didn't see him live, but the way he just fucking ran through people was like, oh, this is this is my type of running back right here. He's got the greatest hit ever on Isaiah Robertson of the Rams, where he just dipped his. I mean, it's not legal now, but dipped his head and ran through him. I'm surprised there was not a hole in Robertson's chest. One of the great NFL films moments ever. Plus, he used to wear the rip away jerseys. So now you're trying to tackle that beast and you have to try and get him and he'd show up with, you know, half a jersey by the end of the game. So you so you really hate the them doing this? Well, having had a team move from under me, it's hard it's hard to deal with. Hard to deal. Yeah. Listen, if you're from Jersey, you can drive fifty miles and go see the Met the Nets if you need to in Brooklyn. It's not the same when they totally leave your area. Yeah, I know. I I know that's different. Um, but as, but it's just like who are they like who? So who do Oilers fans root for? The Texans? I don't know. I I think so. I mean, it was how many years difference? Was they moved to Nashville in ninety seven, right? So like th- three years. I think the Texans five. came in two thousand. Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Right, so five years. Because David uh, Carr. David Carr was their first pick in 02. So five years. Browns, we went without football for three years, but they announced it pretty quickly, like within like 15 months. It is insane that the NFL ever took the Browns away. Like there, you have Jim, like it's, if I was alive for that, I would have been outraged. And and I'm not a Brown. Like I don't understand how that ever happened. Don't get me started. What would you think if Ravens fans started? Oh gosh. We just put up the picture of you. Is that a Halloween costume? Were you going as... That's the long hair. That was the day I cut it. So I made sure it was nice and, you know, nice, nice. Gotta Um, say, you look kind of hot, Bobby. Thank you, Chris Rose. That that hair is fantastic. Yeah, I got tired. It's a pain in the ass to deal with long hair. Um, Because the Ravens are technically the old Browns franchise, it would be funny if they did like a Jim Brown tribute or something. Stop. Don't don't. Now you're getting into dangerous. Territory. Like our franchise's greatest running back of all time, Jim Brown. You're getting into dangerous territory. Come on now, come on now. Oh, Giants and Jets this weekend. That'll be fun. Do you have any yeah. like bragging rights on the line with buddies and stuff? Well, see, I grew up here, right? So I'm not. It's not like I have a bunch of Jets uh, fan friends. Um. But yeah, you always want to beat the Jets. It's not this huge rivalry. Like if they played every year, it'd be cool. But they only play once every four years. But you remember, it is a game you remember more so than any other reg- like regular season games. Like I remember how every MetLife Bowl has went. The last time the Giants won it was the Victor Cruz ninety nine yarder. Mm. Uh, Plaxico Burris was on the Jets that and uh, had some wow. uh, a touchdown taken off the board. They were ripping our. They were trying to cover the Giants Super Bowl banners. That was that was a Super Bowl year. That, that was. That was probably as intense as the Giants-Jets rivalry ever was. Oh, and they got just what they wanted this year. Terod Taylor against Zach Wilson. I know. This was like people like, you got to put this on 9-11, Monday Night Football to start the season. Um, and it was, now we have Tyrod Taylor versus uh, 
Zach Wilson. And I, I, I'm conspiracy theorist. I think DJ might be close out to the year. This is so similar to 2021. Maybe I'll just play this audio. Wait. Let's see. Let's see. Um, I just embedded it to the talking giant. Dable was uncommitted on. Or is that just your your hope? Like you hoping? Yeah. Again, I'm not going to go back to that, Connor. Appreciate the question. I just say he's getting better, and I'll see where he is next week. I guess ask it again then, dude. Do you think he'll play again this year? Yeah, I'm, he's getting better, and we'll see where he is next week. I don't have a crystal ball with with injuries, uh, but he is getting better, and see where he is next week. That's you, that day is a little less. All right, it's not as as, as interesting as I thought, but ah. I, it, I I'm I'm not believing he's back until he's back. Maybe it'll be something we'll talk about next week. All right, everybody, enjoy your football. Enjoy your football Sunday. We will be back on this thing Monday. For our awesome producer, Mikey, and Bobby Skinner, who does tremendous work on Talking Giants, I am Chris Rose. We will see you next week here on Football Today.